0: Baby. Bucks, green and yes, sir. How about that? Green Central Division, the Deers. Here, here's as the Milwaukee Bucks hammered, hammered the Chicago Bulls last night, one twenty-seven to one oh-six. They have now clinched, like I said, the Central. They for the fourth year defeating their central foes, and it is now a three-way tie for the second seed. Two and a half, though, behind the Miami Heat for the number one spot, and they were on national TV last night, it was nice to see. Brooke Lopez, what a game, Rowdy.
1: Yeah, I can describe that game for the Milwaukee Bucks in two words, light work. <laughs> yeah, it was no problem. All Okay, so watching that game since, like you said, it was on national TV, I've now watched, I think, three or four Bucks games since... March 31st. Yeah. Yes. Brooke Lopez had a good game, but my goodness, the bucks, how nice is it for them going down the stretch? They're putting wins together. Giannis played half a game. Yeah. Chris Middleton played a little bit more than a half a game. I think the guy that played the most minutes was drew holiday and he was in the mid thirties.
0: 35 minutes for drew holiday.
1: But that's a big win against a team. Now I know that Chicago has not necessarily been great since Lonzo Ball hurt his knee. I think And he shut it down for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think he's been about or the the Bulls have been about a five hundred team since. But with him they were
0: they were balling. They were a juggernaut with them.
1: That's a playoff team. They got a win. They didn't have to use everybody up. They now have all hands on deck to play the Boston Celtics Thursday.
0: Yep, there's a big stretch here to end the season. Now the three games remain. Celtics tomorrow, then you got the Pistons. Uh, in Detroit on Friday and then you go to the Cavaliers Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday. So, you have three games tomorrow, Friday, Sunday. And it is very contentious at the top there. As the Heat are the number 1 seed 52 and 28, but behind them all tied the ménage trois if you will at the 2 seed Celtics, Bucks, Sixers all at 49 and 30. So, it's it's hot 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 up there. But yeah, Roddy, they rolled in that game last night. It was like kick put your feet up and relax. That was a, yeah, that was my problem. biggest
1: takeaway. It was the Bucks simply rolled. Giannis had 3 shots at halftime. He had 5 points. Yeah, he didn't he didn't He didn't have to do anything. Here's the thing
0: that stinks about that though, even though he didn't, which, you know, the bigger picture right, winning a championship. So uh, Giannis and trying to overtake Joel Embiid in a tight race for a uh, well and LeBron for the scoring title. I don't think Giannis is going to do that. Finishing what with eighteen points, nine boards, and seven assists, but it might have hurt his MVP campaign. But Rowdy, to your point, he I didn't don't, need to do anything.
1: And you already had commentators before. I think it was like the Greenies and what was it, Jalen Roses of the world? Yeah, that were like the halftime and pregame show. They were already saying how they didn't even think he could win MVP. So stupid. So dumb. So dumb.
0: So, yeah, Brooke Lopez, though, I mean, he had a hell of a game for himself. Uh, We didn't see him almost all year with that back injury. His season-high 28 points. You know who else had a
1: hell of a game? Who's that, Rowdy? Vukovic for uh, the Bulls. He looked real good. He <laughs> his, was awful. His three of nineteen. <laughs> he shooting. was terrible. He, brick Andy after brick. And he came down with the uh, technical foul, yeah. hitting Grayson Allen in the face. Well, they hate
0: Grayson Allen. Uh, they got some bad blood. With oh, they showed it. They
1: showed all the clips with oh, him, with him like uh, coming out and following Caruso. Yeah. With the layup, and then all of a sudden. There's two straight bull clips of one elbowing him in the face, and then the other one was last night smacking him in the face.
0: Yeah, so they hate Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen's one of those players that uh, I think everyone around the league just despises. But if he's on your team, you love him. Uh, Demar Derozan was a was oh, a you take crazy Demar Derozan 40 off team for last Rosen. night.
1: Derozan. I don't even know if the Bulls would have scored sixty.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean Derozan had forty points. The next highest scorer, eighteen, belongs to uh, what was that? Williams. So the Bucks just absolutely throttled the chicago bulls 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 were a juggernaut uh, halfway through the year then lonzo ball went down and that kind of was their undoing as they
1: kind of spiraled down yeah i think they're 18 and 21 since that injury they were the
0: number 1 seed for a while uh, again those earlier in the season now they're the 6th seed at 45 and 34 they're 4 and 6 in the last 10 but you look at the deer uh the deer rising up the ranks and you have uh 76ers won last night um the Celtics as well. So you look around the league and it's three games left Bucks ready to um, already clinch the division and we'll see what happens. I, I don't think they're getting that number one spot rowdy.
1: No, that that's pretty much locked up from the heat.
0: Yeah. So you'll see what happens there with the remaining, um, you know, three games of the season. Boston.
1: So I pull up all the other team schedules that they're tied with. So it's currently Boston, Milwaukee and Philadelphia that are tied for second place in the East. The Celtics' remaining games here, because remember, the end of the regular season is Sunday. Yep. They play Chicago, Chicago, Milwaukee, and Memphis. Those are three pretty good teams. Obviously, Chicago is the sixth seed in the East. Those aren't bad. Bucks are tied for second, and Memphis is second in the West. You then look at what Milwaukee has: Celtics, Detroit Pistons, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep, that's not, that's not bad either. Boston's solid, Detroit's awful. Cleveland's okay., yeah. but then you have Philly, Philly's final three games. Toronto, Indiana, Detroit. Whew.
0: Philly's got it pretty easy, then, eh?
1: I would say Philly's got the easiest schedule going forward, but if you're the bucks, you have to imagine you just rested pretty much all your <laughs> players. Funny. the majority I think the guys outside of uh, holiday played at most. Like two thirds of the game. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis
0: at twenty four, Middleton twenty eight, Lopez twenty nine. You now
1: have all hands on deck for a national TV game against Boston Thursday night TNT.
0: Yeah. And that's a that's a huge
1: You go out proceeding. there and win that game. Obviously that, that gives you a huge leg up on Boston. Detroit is no good. They've been tanking for like the last month plus. Yeah. Some could argue they were tanking all season.
0: Some could some could argue they've been taken ever since they you know
1: the the, the guys in the two thousands won the championship. And Cleveland Cleveland just lost last night to someone not very good.
0: Yeah. Oh, and speaking of NBA, we have to I'll save it for gone on sixty, but it's one of our favorite teams, wink wink, out west, uh out of the Western Conference.
1: I guarantee the Bucks very easily could go undefeated, all hands on deck against Boston, cruise to a nice casual win against Detroit, yep. and they could probably do the same thing against Cleveland. That means Boston can't go undefeated. So nope. that's already putting them ahead of Boston for the second place. And Philly, yeah. What is Philly going to do? Is Toronto going to play? Because they're, they're still a playoff team. But obviously they also play the Pacers and the Pistons, who aren't Dude, very good. Stink,
0: thirteen and 14th, respectively. Yeah, so uh, NBA get nearing the end here of the regular season. Then it's go time in the playoffs where everything gets ramped up very bigly. And then, Rowdy, I was uh, just diving in a little bit. I have something from Twitch I want to get to from a guy, True Advisor. I wonder if he's a, I know he's a Bucks fan, but with a comment, I wonder if he's a, a Bulls fan in this sense. Uh, but really quick, the defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks have not been on a run like this since Don Nelson's teams won seven consecutive division titles in the 1980s. It is so crazy to say. My whole life as a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I've only known them to be good for just a handful of times. Uh, the one where they got to the Eastern Conference and lost to the 76ers and Allen Iverson when it was set up against them. That's like the only time I remember them being like good. But
1: the, first, the very first year. My whole
0: year, life, Rowdy. The
1: very life. first year I started watching NBA basketball, yeah. the Bucks were good.
0: Isn't that wild? It was <laughs> 2001. Is that when they made the little yeah, Eastern Conference run? Yeah. Wild to think about. My whole life, Bucks were just garbage for the, I'd say, majority of it. There's a couple of, you know, handful of years. And now you get to this little run when they drafted Giannis Adendokounmpo to know that the Milwaukee Bucks, with a once-in-a-generational talent, one of the best players, if not the best player in the game in Giannis, is crazy to me. And now we're talking about how, well, they says it happened since the 80s. And we got a championship under our belt, too. It's crazy to think about how bad a franchise could be for so long and how good it can be on the guise of one player, Giannis.
1: Yeah, pretty much before 2019, watching the Milwaukee Bucks was like, hey, are they going to get seventh place or ninth place this year? Because it was going to be somewhere in between seventh and ninth. They were either going to just miss the playoffs or just make the playoffs. And then early in my Milwaukee Buck viewing career, that then meant you had to play like the Pistons.
0: Yeah, to get throttled.
1: And you got smoked in like four, maybe five games if they took one. Yep. And then the Pistons would go win the championship.
0: Yep. So for me it was uh Herb Cole when he was the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, same as when you know Rowdy was, you know, growing up too. That I don't think Herb Cole knew a seed existed above eight.
1: Do you remember when they traded for Michael Carter Williams and he was supposed to be like the the point guard that could do it all? He, he was, was like r- rookie of the year, rookie of the year. He was six six. He was long and lanky. He could shoot the ball somewhat, but also like to play inside. Like remember that?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. They, I loved the move. I and loved remember
1: it. when they actually turned it around and they won like was it forty four games and they were barely over five hundred. Yep. But everyone loved it because they were the Bucks were coming, baby. The Bucks are coming. We're here. And that didn't last very long. Nope. But then they got this guy. Where the hell even is Michael Carter Williams? He's not that old.
0: No, I think he resurfaced in the NBA, actually. I saw his name pop up. (laughs) He's not that old. Michael Carter Williams is... Ooh. Ah, ooh. He's 30 years old. Okay, so he might be out of the league. He's 30 years old. He might be with the Magic right now. You don't quote me on that.
1: Um, I think he's closer to Magic City than the Magic.
0: Wikipedia has him listed as the Magic to 2022, but I don't know if he's still on there. I don't. Mm, oof. E. I, I don't think he's. I don't
1: think he's in the league right now, Rowdy.
0: All right. So Michael Carter Williams. I forgot about him.
1: <laughs> no, because I just remember it was hilarious because they acquired him, and they everyone got all excited because they won like a bunch of games in a row, or they were playing like really good basketball. But then they still finished like. Literally a few games over five hundred, but it was like good enough for like sixth place in the East.
0: Okay, he is. Okay, he is on the Mavericks or Mavericks. I'm sorry, the Magic. But he's got he's had a bevy of injuries he's accumulated throughout his years. So I don't know. We'll see. Remember when um, Jabari Parker was supposed to be the the savior of the Milwaukee Bucks? Or then they got Giannis. I'll I'll go
1: one further. Remember when Milwaukee Bucks fans were sad when they traded? uh, Was it Lamb? Oh. Or no 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 sorry not Lamb Brandon Knight
0: yeah Brandon Knight to the Suns was that, was that when they got Brandon um they traded Brandon Knight who did they get in exchange no for that?
1: that was to Detroit wasn't it for Chris oh, Middleton yeah Middleton yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and then people were really upset and then he fell off the face of the earth and uh, Middleton became like a multiple time All Star
0: yep and then you have. Um, a couple people, I, I love, God, I can't remember the guy's name right now. He came from the Suns. He said, I don't want to be here anymore. And then the Bucks traded for Oh, him. Eric
1: Bledsoe? Yeah, Bledsoe. The, the guy I was a, that can't shoot? I was a big fan of Eric Bledsoe. Oh, he, people loved when they made that move. Well,
0: in the regular season, that dude was phenomenal. And then what would happen? Playoffs come around, and he would just be brick city. Oh, brick he got exposed.
1: That wasn't really his fault. He got exposed for what he was. A guard that was short. Yeah, couldn't shoot. And couldn't shoot. Yeah, and if you
0: can't shoot in the NBA, you're uh, doomed. Yep, and then Rowdy, it was all on the shoulders of Giannis, the broad shoulders of Giannis Um He is literally the linchpin of this franchise. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and if Giannis didn't become what Giannis has become, Chris Middleton, yeah, he's a nice player, Yeah, but he's probably... Your best player,
0: yeah, that's scary. and
1: you do not have the likes of the Bobby Portis's.
0: Drew Holiday's not you, you coming. Do
1: not, you do not trade for Drew Holiday. You do not have Brooke Lopez signing for cheaper deals yeah. than he could have.
0: Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday is what an an acquisition. Uh, Horst, the Bucks GM. Bringing in Drew Holiday, that defense
1: oh. for him is nasty. If we want to go one further, nasty. remember when people were very upset that Horst got hired as GM? <laughs> yes, I do. Because they thought no it should knew have been, who he was it it shot it should have been another guy that had more of a name. Yeah, no one knew who John Horst was. Like who the hell is this oh, guy? Actually, I did have a kind of a, a thought on Brook Lopez because he did have a really good game last night, and it was one of the times where he kind of had it towards the top of the key, and he started kind of like. It it almost looked like unathletically fumbling around going towards the hoop. And then all of a sudden he just reached up and dunked it. It was like, how did you go from like ugh, between the three point line and the free throw line all the way to the hoop? And then you stuff it. It reminded me of like a dad playing a kid that was like in middle school on a lower hoop, like the dad well past his prime. Of course. You know, a little heavier set at this point. And then just kinda new balance shoes. Yeah, almost like a bull in a china shop, right? (laughs) Just kinda like barely being able to dribble the ball and hold on to it while you're kind of pushing and leaning all stumbling a little bit. Kind of pushing the kid and leaning on him aside, and then you finally get up to the seven and a half foot hoop and it's just like, Oh, dunk it.
0: (laughs) As his faded Levi's (laughs) are like falling off his ass a little bit. You're like, All right, dad, what are they doing here? All right. So that's funny, Rowdy. That is Brooklyn Because it, it didn't look like so it. tall. They're so lanky and goofy.
1: Well, like when Giannis or Middleton or someone with a lot more athleticism has a basketball, it's like, boom, they're dunking the basketball. They're going by someone. Lopez is just like, still, he still might be turning and all of a sudden he's still there to dunk it.
0: Ooh, but that's just the product of being so tall that you could be like falling down. He can still can put it in. Uh, the other question I have is, so we were talking a little bit about Grayson Allen well she's been a nice addition off the bench. Don't get it twisted. I know a lot of Wisconsin Badger fans hate Grayson Allen. And I get it.
1: He loves he loves it. the controversies. He really does.
0: Well, our guy true advisor on Twitch says, Is there um not a Bulls fan? He says he is a Bucks fan, but who in the NBA has a more punchable face than Grayson Allen?
1: Well, when he got smacked in the face by Vukovic last that's a good night. Good question. In a pretty, okay. They, hate, they I, hate him. I agree with the announce. It was Vince Carter was on the call. Oh, Vince and Santa he said, me. oh, back in the 90s, that's just a common foul. Yes. He's right. He is right. But now everyone freaks out and goes, is that a flagrant? We All need right. to look to see if it was intentional for a technical. Get,
0: get away from the
1: cameras. No crap. It was intentional. He wanted to hit him.
0: Yeah, because Grayson Allen has one of the most, if not the most punchable face in the NBA. But it
1: was kind of funny seeing Grayson he's Allen ours. On, he's our guy. on like the, the big board, and they kept flashing him while they were looking at this replay over and over where he clearly <laughs> doesn't go for the ball and just smacks him across the face. Yeah. He was like smirking the whole time, oh, like yeah. laughing. He
0: loves it. He loves it. Well, Rowdy, to get to that height of a career, you know, uh, you got to embrace your role. You got to like love who you are. And Grayson Allen loves being the villain, I think. I think he just takes it and like last night, smiles. Grayson Allen. He, here's the thing. He has one of the most punchable faces, but he's our punchable face. Okay. We, you love him. You love him.
1: Well, you only ours. you only tolerate him because he's a good player. Exactly. Let's go to the phone square. Good morning. Who's this?
0: Oh, it's Stokes, how you doing? So Stoke-y! What's up, Stokes? Not much,
2: man. Hey, I got a question for you, RJ and Nelly.
0: Oh, we're we're all listening.
2: Um. So, who do you guys think has the best shot
3: in the Eve to knock the Bucks off if they were going to get knocked off?
0: Probably the
1: 76ers. Okay. I think it's the Nets. You think so? I, oh,
4: I, I mean, they late. wouldn't. They wouldn't have to see them for a while.
1: I I, I don't think Boston is as good as the Bucks. I. We've already seen Giannis completely handle the Sixers. Yep. Even though they're good quality teams, you're not playing the bottom feeders every night and letting them acquire wins. This is the Bucks all out. Yeah. I think it's the yeah. Nets. They if they're 100 the percent healthy with Kyrie and and Durant and and Drummond playing. And I think they match up better, and and they're just more talent.
0: Didn't they say Ben Simmons is shutting it down for the rest of the regular season? And the and if there's a play in the play in Ben Simmons he is irrelevant. I, mean, I know he has. It's, they just suggested not been shut, shut down. It. No, they're shutting I, I down I literally officially. think
1: it's the Brooklyn Nets, and they're what the eight seed right yeah. now because they have the most talent.
4: Yeah. What do you think, Stokies? I, I think I think the Heat. I, I wouldn't want to play the Heat. Well, the good news is if, if they take over that second seed, you miss the Heat and the Nets up until the conference finals.
3: Right. But
2: aren't so, the Nets in the play-in right
1: now? Like, they, they could lose in the play-in to the Hawks,
4: right? They could. Yep. yep, they could. Correct. Or the Hornets because okay. it's Hawks-Hornets then to play the eighth seed, which the Nets are in right now. I'm feeling the vibe on the Bucks, dude. Feeling the Bucks. See, K-O I get where he's Bucks.
1: coming from, though, because remember in 2020 bubble, I may have watched it in your kitchen. They were a terrible <laughs> matchup, and we were just laughing at how bad the Bucks were. But I think the Bucks kind of turned that corner with the holiday acquisition, yeah. and they match up a lot better now. Now, I'm not saying it would be like a, hey, they run through them in four games, probably be competitive. But I'm, I'm really not scared of anyone in the East, to be completely honest.
3: What about in the what? I think
0: this—it's just the Suns. Suns. Suns yeah. are juggernauts.
1: Best oh, are the Warriors
3: even.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It, they, they.
0: Yeah. It, it, Curry's still not healthy yes. right now. Yeah. Right? Warriors are three and seven. Their last ten Stokes. Oh, jeez. I got. I got
2: to get on Big Joe's news channel. I got to follow that better. All right. All
0: you. Right. You get on there, buddy. You know where to find him. We got a problem, my friends—an eighty-game problem. Brewers backup catcher, Pedro Severino, who was doing pretty damn good in spring training, uh, hitting 435, two dingers, three doubles, going to be the backup catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. Now he's going to have to wait a little bit. 80 game suspension, testing positive for Clomiphene, a banned substance under the league's PED prevention program. Now, uh, Severino and his wife... Through the Players Association made a statement saying that they had have for infertility issues and a doctor had prescribed a drug that uh, this drug to potentially aid in that and we looked up some of the um, what it was used for was to for that yes but also rowdy it also could be used
4: as a masking agent yeah. <laughs> Like, the thing is, it's supposed to induce ovulation in women. It helps your sperm count, too, uh, from my reading yesterday. Oh. Yeah, it, it boosts. It, if you've got rookie numbers for your sperm, yeah, boost those numbers up. you got to boost those rookie uh, numbers up. See, now what. With well, Clomiphene. Because I was looking it up yesterday, too. All I could find was, in, uh, like, induce ovulation. Well, so here, here, I, I didn't even find the, the male side of it. We're going to so. get
0: into it, but first, let's do this. I know this guy's
4: in the medical field.
0: Uh, Wisco, Chad, good morning.
4: Good
2: morning,
0: gentlemen. Are you well-adversed in the drug Clomiphene?
2: I know enough about it to realize that it's the go-to when a Dominican player tests positive for
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> you, so yeah, you don't know basically. if it boosts your your sperm count up if you got rookie numbers.
2: It's the same thing Manny Ramirez claims. Exactly <laughs> the same thing. So it like it also well there's a long line of it, like either Dominican doctors haven't figured out that it, the drugs they're prescribing it has it in it, or it's just. A, <laughs> I think we're going to
4: go with the uh, obvious elephant in the room, the same old song and dance. You got caught with feds, and uh, it does say here a side effect uh, of Fiend is greater batting average. <laughs> <laughs> also, another side effect is you, you may have a greater batting average but you're on the bench for a while. Bench time. <laughs> yeah, bench time side effect. Wood, wood splinters in your butt. Yeah, wood splinters. <laughs> I'm not talking about your Donald.
2: Increase sperm production, increase bat speed, <laughs> increase dingers.
0: So I'm looking here, it says clomiphene is induced ovulation in women who do not produce eggs but wish to become pregnant, but then it says clomid, which is the same, I don't know, it's like the next thing down when I type in clom- clomiphene, and it says it improves your uh, sperm count caused by low T. Yeah, they're, they're
2: similar in action, I believe, but uh, it, it's funny because... <laughs> The low T. The low T's there on a 28 year old because the guy probably uh, was petting half his life.
0: Well, I was also saying, well, that's true, but I was also saying that if you got a problem with Rodgers coming back, you have low T, so maybe he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. That's probably true. That could be true. Uh, But, Chad, what do you think? 80 games for the backup catcher. What's on your mind as opening days tomorrow?
2: Big as a problem in the National League as it ever used to be, you can hide a hole in your lineup with a DH. Um, I, I think they'll be okay. Plus, the Brewers like doesn't their hitting it well, hasn't been really that great the last couple of years. Been okay, and then disappears in the seasons.
0: Hey, they got two new hitting coaches, though. Look out, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, the,
1: some say Chad. They, if you I, have two, you don't have one.
2: Did they fire the woman? That was in... She left. She left. Okay. I I, I knew she was gone. I didn't realize if it was a firing or if it was a
0: leaving. No, they would not want that bad publicity. She left on her own accord.
2: Okay. Yeah. It like, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I remember there was a few years ago they were actually tied to Mark McGuire, even, potentially, but... That
0: would have been interesting. Well maybe Severino's tied with him. That's what got the <laughs> Yeah, he was his hitting coach in the off
1: season. <laughs> he was his hitting coach, his shaman, and his
2: doctor. Yes.
0: <laughs> Chad, um, tomorrow I need you calling in because we're going to do the season predictor for the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. I can handle that. All right, that- good. Well you put and yeah, maybe get adv- more uh, research into the I know, you, I know you got two kids, so no, sperm comes not your not a problem for you. But we need your medical knowledge on clomiphene That I know of. Hey, we love you, buddy. See you, man. Clomaphine. Yep. All right, Rowdy. Uh, Chad says it's not that big of a deal. You can hide a hole in your lineup. Now there's a DH. Um, I I would, I I tend to lean it is a problem because the backup
1: catcher now for the Milwaukee Brewers is who? Yeah, it's actually Brett Sullivan. And this is kind of, see this. This broke at about nine 50 when we were on air yesterday morning. So we did get to talk about what roughly five minutes on this subject. Yes. I think this is actually going to be a lot bigger issue than a lot of people think. And the reason being is Severino. He was a guy that played in Baltimore uh, wasn't necessarily like a full-time catcher. Like you would say Narvaez is with the Brewers the last couple of years. years, but he has played a decent amount and shown that he can be kind of a, a good stick behind the plate. And that's why the Brewers brought him in was once again, to be a good, bad off the bench because they saw what happened in Narvaez. And in 2020 Narvaez wasn't right. Like a lot of hitters 2021, he came in in the first half and he was lights out. He defensively, Was throwing the ball really well. He was framing pitches really well. And he was hitting. Ended up being an all-star. But you saw in the second half when Manny Pena had some uh, injury issues. That Narvaez, when he was leaned on heavily, kind of faded down the stretch. So I think uh, David Stearns and Craig Council kind of took notice of that. And they're like, all right, we're going to go get this uh, Pedro Severino. Who's got a pretty good bat. And uh, also Pedro Severino, pretty good frame pitcher. Yeah. Um the thing with this is Jake Sullivan or sorry not Jake Sullivan Brett Sullivan the guy that they also signed as a backup Jake he Sullivan. had he had not been working with the pitchers that yeah. that's the biggest thing here is Severino was signed basically knowing unless he looked god awful or I guess tested positive for PEDs. <laughs> <laughs> he was going <laughs> to be the backup. He was getting a ton of reps, splitting splitting uh, time with Narvaez in spring training so that he could get used to working with all the pitchers, the Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser, Josh haters of the world. You look at what Brett Sullivan has done so far in, in spring training, which has now come and gone. It's over. I mean, hasn't he done like nothing? He had five at bats. Ooh. He had five at bats at the major league level spring training. Oh man, that's the Brewers were not planning on this. No and and I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a, a lack of rapport and chemistry and totally. relationship between a backup catcher who at the very least is probably going to catch at least one out of every five games. Yeah, that's, and that's yeah. for half a season,
0: and I don't. I'm not going to be putting and too at many. at least. I'm not going to be t- putting too many eggs in this basket of, not Jake Taylor. What's his name again, Rowdy? Brett Sullivan. Brett Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. It's like Jake Sullivan. I was thinking of who's
1: that? Right, it was Jake Taylor. Yeah. Brett Sullivan. But I'm not yeah. putting many
0: eggs in this basket.
1: It, he was signed. Like he's been a guy that's played in the majors a little bit. He's kind of been up with major league camps and spring training before really hasn't had too extensive of a time in major league baseball at all uh, funny enough speaking of old baseball movies you referenced Jake Taylor there for uh, yeah. major league uh, his
0: knees not good still Brett, still got
1: it done Brett Sullivan spent last season in AAA in Durham Oh, he was yeah. a Durham Bull.
0: <laughs> the so, Durham
1: Bulls. I think, Cran- think he in. A, Cran- I you could in, in the Mexican
0: League or something.
1: This <laughs> is isn't that ex- you, Tolbert. This isn't exactly a guy that the Brewers have a a ton of faith in. Where they were like, "Yep, this is this is this is our guy." No, they went out <laughs> and signed it? multiple catchers for this reason. Now, another potential option who's actually on the forty man roster is Mario Feliciano. And there's a name. He's on the top 30 in prospects and he's been a guy to watch basically since he entered the Milwaukee Brewers organization pre 18 years old. Yeah. But the biggest thing with him is he does not throw the ball well down as in like taking out would be base stealers. He is a decent uh pitch framer, but he was known for his hitting. But the biggest thing with Feliciano is he's raised through the ranks decently quick for a guy his age. Yeah. And last year he was in AAA. He had an impingement in his shoulder, so he missed a huge chunk of last season. And I know that the Brewers had talked over the last year or two that they wanted to give this guy at least a full year at the higher uh, minor league level like a AAA. So I can't imagine that they're going to want to force Mario Feliciano up Super quick. I mean, their they, hands forced though. I know, but they, they signed Brett Sullivan yeah, for, for a, reason. a reason. He was supposed to be the Luke Maley of last year, yeah, sure. who was that swing catcher that would come up between uh major league baseball and triple a. And then for some reason was the third catcher on the playoff roster. But um, what's, that's coming gone. What's Nottingham but doing, but yeah. that's, a, that's what Brett Sullivan was supposed to be the the quadruple A swing catcher. He was not expected to be a backup catcher. And the Severino and Sullivan deals were both, what, one season? Because they know that they're <laughs> they're grooming Mario Feliciano to be the catcher of the future. Yeah. Because Narvaez's contract, he's on his last year. Yeah, this of is last one, right? yeah. So I think as of right now, the plan was for Feliciano to be ready to go Full go as a big leaguer next season. Bummer, Do they though. have to maybe force him in early? Maybe is Brett Sullivan going to be good enough to be a full time backup catcher? Maybe, but yeah, this hope. definitely puts a lot of stress on the Brewers. Yeah. yeah.
0: So Severino said uh, in his in his response or his statement, "I accept responsibility for this mistake and have decided not to challenge my suspension." I have been a professional baseball player since I was 16 years old, and I have also been in the big leagues for parts of seven seasons. I have been tested more than 100 times in my career, and I never had an issue. In my attempt to start a family, I made a mistake. With that said, I want to apologize for the Brewers organization, my staff, my teammates, and our fans for letting you down. I hope you can accept me back in July, and we can have a great
1: second half. Do you think he did it on purpose? Or do you think it really was for... Starting a family. Starting a family. I right. feel like if you're, a I feel like if you're starting
0: a family, and you're taking drugs, you would meet with people that would give you the correct information that wouldn't affect your career that helps you provide for your family,
4: or like you would mention like
1: Stearns.
4: Apparently, and, they've been doctors in the Dominican have been prescribing it for a while. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm with you on this one. I feel like if you were, if you were taking it to help.
1: Uh, conceive, Mm -hmm. it would have been known to David Stearns and the Milwaukee Brewers. It would have been known to Major League Baseball drug testing. Yes. And the fact that he did not fight it. Yeah, he's not fighting it. I'm not going to you say? Okay, so he says that they were trying to conceive. It was helping him to start a family, but he's not going to fight yeah. The suspension. If I was trying I to start a family and I was a a fringe Major League Baseball player who's not making millions and millions of dollars, my ass would be fighting that suspension. A tooth and nail. I'd be saying, fighting Saying, this it. is it. There's the documentation. Like, I'm trying to have a kid, man. Like, now, I don't believe that this was for anything when it has to do with starting a family. <laughs> this was PED use. But at least I do... I will say he took his medicine and took the suspension. Unlike Ryan Braun, who went out there and tried <laughs> I did to deny. Not do it. this. Well,
0: I think Braun knew they could wiggle out of it a little bit Braun because denied
1: of, it twice.
0: Well, I think because he knew because he could wiggle out of it because of how the tests were. The guy didn't follow the proper protocol, if I remember correctly. Didn't he keep him in his van or whatever? No, he kept him mm-hmm. in his fridge. Be, yeah, he well, he didn't in his house. He because didn't do the proper protocol. Yeah, it was something like that. So I think. Right here, I'm reading more about clomiphene, and if in males, clomiphene citrate increases levels of luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone. These hormones are important for fertility uh, that are both present in male and females, and LH, the luteinizing hormone that helps with clomiphene, encourages the release of testosterone in males.
1: Yeah, it was, and I Chad called earlier, and I said this yesterday, that it's, Sounds like it's kind of like a masking agent trying to hide the fact that you were using PEDs. So
0: I'm saying if, if you were truly starting a family, why would you accept? Why would you not challenge it?
1: And di- I'm pretty sure yesterday I also said that I'm pretty sure this was something pretty close to what Manny Ramirez had as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. And if, if Chad confirmed that.
0: And if I was truly starting a family and I had infertility issues, I would be... And I have the money to do so, the medicals to do so, because you're afforded a lot in Major League Baseball, especially with the you know, the medical staff. The right people would be telling me the right information to make sure that I'm not my nut, not my sperm count, but my money is not being messed with. Yeah. To the family that I'm trying to start to provide for. Let's go to the phones quick. Good morning. Who's this? Good
3: morning, guys. Corey.
0: Corey, thanks for waiting on hold, man. What's going on, brother?
3: Not a problem. I had a lot of time to mull over what I was going to say. So you mentioned Rowdy, uh, basically a backup catcher, plays once every five games, correct?
1: Yeah, roughly. But I feel like with how Navarez's knees were and how he kind of faded down the stretch, I I feel like the Brewers with Severino were planning on having him probably catch two out of five games.
3: Two out of five? So are we looking at then basically – about 32 games roughly in the first 80 that he would have been catching.
1: I I think that's probably a pretty fair number, 30 out of 80, probably pretty fair. And now you have a guy that's supposed to be a swing triple-A catcher.
3: So out of curiosity, what sort of, I mean, if we're drilling down here as to what impact that'll have, are we thinking that, in those 30 games, the main impact will be the rapport with the pitching staff because they haven't had the time in spring training then. Yeah, I, I'd
1: agree with I'd agree with that. I think the biggest part is probably the relationship between catcher and pitcher and the fact that his bat isn't going to be as good as Severinos.
3: You know, if they can go like if they can kind of overcome that maybe go 500 or so in those games or 16 and 14, it wouldn't be great. But it's not going be, to be like that Chernobyl movie, Not Great, Not Terrible. I think... Um, <laughs> not, great, not, you know,
0: terrible. <laughs> not great, not terrible.
3: Not great, not terrible. Which good. the Russians found out when they dug trenches just recently over there in the Red Forest. Like, all of them got radiation poisoning. But oh, that's neither here nor there. Oops. oops. Yep, bad idea. So, anyways, back to... Yeah, that's probably not here. going to help with
0: the sperm count, I'd bet, either. If you're that definitely will cause you a T because
3: you're probably going to be dead in a few weeks. So, that's not good. <laughs> um... Back to the sports here, though. So yeah, that it could be a dent on the season because it always come down to a couple of games at the end of the year, right? Oh, know, yeah. They play 162. Well, hell, remember they the Brewers had them. to play
0: 163 to win the NL Central.
3: And that was a great win. Yeah. Wow. What a rainy, terrible. Rowdy, day Rowdy
0: almost hugged me when that happened. Almost.
3: Well, we would have had to have photographic evidence. Otherwise, it didn't happen. I
0: went for the hug. As soon as the Brewers won, I went for the hug. Rowdy went for the big high five. It was like this weird, awkward moment where Rowdy d- debated on the hugging me back. But then we settled for the high five.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if they win a World Series, we'll get a hug out of Rowdy and like
1: a laugh. Rowdy, would, th- like would you that. hug me if the Brewers won the World Series?
4: Maybe if they won back to back World Series. <laughs> what if they had two back to back appearances? I could, I could do not, Corey. I went well, for the big in a place
3: and one Super Bowl in there. We're, in, in, we're in my
0: office watching and all of a sudden, you know, like the Brewers beat the Cubs in Regley. I go for the big man embrace to Rowdy. He kinda he has one arm up in the air. He looks at me dead in the eyes. He takes like a step back, and I lean in a little bit. And it's this weird, awkward,
1: like, where you know someone just doesn't feel so comfortable.
4: <laughs> lean into it. Take one for the well, team. I answer, jumped out of my chair. To
1: answer RJ, what would I do if they had back-to-back runner up in the World Series? Probably two middle fingers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Zach Halpin, our sports director. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. How are we doing today? Fantastic. Um, we had—I don't know how this came to be. Oh, it started with uh, the World Series burger at Truist Park for the the Braves. They're charging 150—was 150, it 151 dollars for a burger? Um, and then also you got a a ring with it, a replica of their World Series ring. And it got down to like how we thought it was strange of like dudes who wear a lot of rings, and then like a class ring, and then like got into Letterman jackets and yada yada. Are you a ring guy, Zach Heilprin
5: No. Never been a ring guy. Never worn rings uh, until the last couple months. Um, Married man. Yeah. So uh, I do not. Not a big jewelry guy. Not a big exactly. jewelry. Exactly. Break the but, social
0: norms. I do. I do but, not wear my wedding ring.
5: Yeah, but I feel like uh, I feel like your co-host there probably still has his Letterman jacket somewhere uh, that he wears occasionally when he goes around town there in Stolten.
0: Brody?
1: <laughs> never got one. <laughs>
0: Isn't that surprising?
5: It is a little bit surprising. Do you have a? <laughs> it, is there something that you can get for like a, a middle school letter? Little middle, middle school Letterman jacket. See the thing. Your, the thing. The thing explo- with
1: the Letterman jacket. Normally they like to put like medals on it. I had too many medals. It wouldn't even fit the jacket. Oh, oh wait them down. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Them
5: down. That that makes sense. I was just thinking like, you know, your exploits in seventh grade wrestling. I figured like that's where <laughs> most of those medals were going to come from.
0: So
1: Well, actually, I spent the beginning of seventh grade uh, kind of just getting out of the hospital.
0: Yeah. Didn't you come out of a oh, coma okay. right there? Hey, hey, we, hey, I don't know where to go with this. But, Zach, how about this? Um, spring ball, they had their seventh practice yesterday. But, Zach, you turned a lot of heads. You actually had a question that I saw all over social media, everywhere, dude. You uh, And your question. Uh, it was my question. I'm sorry?
5: It wasn't my question.
0: Well, your tweet was attributed to it everywhere there you then. Go. Okay, so you your, your tweet about Graham Mertz. Can you, can you tell the fine folks what all transpired when when this, I guess not your question, but your tweet came out? What was it about Graham Mertz and what Caleb Williams? Can you tell the folks what happened?
5: Do, do you know who Caleb Williams is? You heard of Caleb Williams?
0: Uh, he's a guy that I desperately did not want for the Badgers. No. I said, good luck. No. We don't need you. I, we got Graham no. Mertz. We don't need you.
5: You're, you're riding with Graham Mertz 24-7. <laughs> yeah, so we got to talk to Graham Mertz for the first time since the bowl game uh, on uh, on Monday, and Jesse Temple, uh, about three minutes into the interview, was like, uh, you know, let's just get this question out of the way. Uh, you know, the whole Caleb Williams situation, what do you think about it, and all that type of stuff, and were you, were you taking were you, were you upset, or whatever, and, and he said, it's the coach, it's kind of what we all said at the time, it's the coach's job to find the best player. And, he, and Graham added that, "What am I going to say? Oh, I deserve this. I don't deserve anything. I I, uh, I have to prove every day that it's my job, and that's what I'm going to do." So, I mean, it's it's the it's the exact answer you'd want if you were a fan. Like yeah. people, people love that. I think it's just they'd love if uh, his play on the field matched his maturity and his. Um,
0: He's really good on the podium.
5: You know, him owning him owning his mistakes and like owning like that he's given nothing, then you just hope, I think if you're a Wisconsin fan, that it it carries over to more consistent play on the field.
0: And speaking of that play on the field, um, I know what, Paul, Chris, when spring ball first started, they said they wanted to really limit turnovers. What, Graham Mertz, 11 turnover, 11 interceptions, I should say, uh, last year. And that was, wasn't Chris saying that like the first day of spring ball, like we need to really focus on this, and he kind of pointed to Graham Mertz, correct?
5: Yep. He pointed to Graham Mertz. I mean, he he pointed at Chase Wolf too because Chase Wolf was um, wasn't good with the ball. Uh, You you usually want your backup to be, you know, just kind of like a game game manager and uh, not make mistakes and that type of stuff. And and that's not what Chase Wolf really gave them last year or the year before. But so, but for the most part, we've we've seen now five, like we've seen four practices now, and the first interception in team drills came yesterday. It was Chase Wolf throwing an interception way down the field. So Graham has done a better job with the ball in terms of not forcing it into places where it shouldn't be. And so I guess that is a, a good step in the right direction.
0: That's good. And behind him, obviously, uh, so Chase Wolf with the interception. And then what about, and we were kind of talking about this in the office the other day. What about, um, was it Deacon Hill?
5: Yeah. So here's the thing. Deacon Hill has the biggest, like one of the biggest arms like I've seen from Wisconsin quarterback. The, the ball just jumps out of his hands. He had a couple Absolute lasers, lasers. lasers.
2: Uh, yesterday,
5: and uh, put them right on where they needed to be. Unfortunately, it doesn't always happen that way. Um, he, his accuracy is a little here and there, and um, not always going with the ball where it's supposed to be. That's that's a young quarterback going through, sure. you know, spring ball so uh, for the first time. So I, I don't put a, a ton on there. He's got a huge arm, um, but he's got a, a, a ways to develop. Um, I, I wasn't, I was going to say grow, but um, yeah, develop, I think is probably a better word for him.
1: Well, that type of arm gets you to this level. Kind of like when you're looking at quarterbacks coming out in the draft, Josh Allen was seen as a kid with a huge arm, and that's why he was so highly touted coming out of uh, Wyoming. But you got yeah. obviously, you got to build on top of that, and accuracy goes about, a long way.
5: Yeah, you th- the thing about Josh Allen is like, he was not a overly accurate quarterback in college. And people thought he was never going to work, and yet his completion percentage has continued to jump year by year in the NFL. And it's it's much—it's actually, I think, better than it ever was in college, if I remember correctly. I don't think I think he was like 60%, right around 60% for much of his uh, college career. And and people really took issue with that. But he's been able to—he's obviously got a ton of athleticism, plus the ability. He's he's grown as a quarterback to the point where he is accurate. Um, Deacon 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 obviously has a, a ways to go. Is
0: Deacon Hill's hit. comp Josh Allen? No. Let's <laughs> say let's have him start.
1: <laughs> All right. If his if his comp was Josh Allen, there'd be a quarterback competition currently.
5: <laughs> yes, and there's not. So
0: yeah, it's Graham Mertz by a landslide, right? Correct.
5: It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it, again, these guys have, like Deacon Hill has shown like flashes, but again, it's, Graham Mertz is the starting quarterback, and I, it's really hard to see that change.
1: I think if, if I had to throw a comp on an NFL quarterback that Deacon Hill would be right now, he'd be a heavier Jacob Eason.
5: I don't remember Jacob Eason as big, a big arm.
1: I mean He's like he, six, six He
5: was at Georgia, right? Or, and, then he went to Utah, and then he went to Washington. He bounced around. What would
1: be great yeah. versus
0: comp? Think about that one for a second, Rowdy. Yeah, oh, The wheels are turning. All right, Zach, so uh, as Rowdy thinks about that, when it comes to the seventh spring practice, I mean, obviously it's spring ball, but who's really been sticking out uh, of all the practices you guys have been allowed to watch?
5: It's been the defense. I mean, the defense has won three of the four practices, and they easily won yesterday, especially the outside line. Oh, the front seven in general has been really good, but the outside linebackers, they've got... And here's the thing with spring ball. You can look at it like the outside linebackers have been awesome, and they've been unstoppable, or you'd be like, "Dolphins line just hasn't been very good." Uh, I guess it depends if you're a glass half full guy or a glass half empty. guy. So the guy. defense
0: has been awesome.
5: Yes, the, for you, it's, the defense has been awesome, and I I kind of lean that way too. Their outside linebackers have been fantastic, uh, specifically when it comes to uh, T.J. Bowlers and um, Daryl Peterson and Caden Johnson. Like they've all made these plays, and I I said it after the I said it afterwards. I I think that they have the ability to be did They have five guys that could start this fall. Like They have five starting caliber outside linebackers. Maybe that's a little bit of hyperbole just based on what I've seen in four practices. But when Nick Herbert comes back healthy, their outside linebacker room is just absolutely stacked. And I think they're going to have a bunch of different guys that can make contributions. And now that I say that, you also have to look at the offense line. And um, it hasn't been great. And I would specifically look at the right side where Logan Brown is at. And he's switched over from left tackle to right tackle, the five-star, former five-star offensive lineman. I guess at this point I'd be very surprised if he ends up being their starting right tackle. I think they've moved some guys around, to to fill that spot.
0: Um, speaking of spots, now a little thin in the safety position. Who uh, who got injured yesterday?
5: Yeah, unfortunately, Trevion Blaylock got uh, dinged up yesterday and dinged up. It looked, it looked serious at the time. I guess we'll find out he's being evaluated, but he, he went down uh, with what appeared to be a right leg injury. Um, he was not able to put any weight on it whatsoever. And he's a, uh, he, and you know, uh, needed help getting off the field and they took him for further evaluation. It's unfortunate because he is, he's a good player. He's uh, he was likely going to be a starter this year, uh, depending on how serious this injury is. And they have zero depth there. Hmm. They have, they have John Torchio, who obviously played a bunch last year. And then it's Hunter Waller, who has a ton of skill. Like he's a four-star recruit, and everyone thinks he'd be the next big thing on defense, but he hasn't played. And beyond that, they have nobody. Um, so it's it's a concern. I think you could see maybe, because they're loaded at corner, I think you may see a few guys that could potentially move back there from corner. But they have to, it, it was one spot, a spot, that you probably can't really afford to, to lose a guy and we'll see how serious this injury is for him. Because he's he's been dinged up quite a bit throughout his career.
1: After searching my brain, I think my Graham Mertz comp would be Eli oh. Manning. When he looks great, he looks great. When he looks bad, he looks pretty bad.
0: Eli Manning well, so if Graham Mertz is gonna
1: get a couple Super Bowls. Eli Manning. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> when he uh, looks good, he was- looks good. When he doesn't, it's tough to watch. Hey,
0: hey. two Super hey, Bowls, two leaders,
5: right? I mean, if he leads Wisconsin to a couple of Big Ten titles and uh, trip to the playoff, I think everybody will be okay with that. cop. Well, I don't I mean, think uh, I, I don't think Eli favor.
1: Manning led Ole Miss to any SEC titles, so.
5: No, but
1: he—that that dude's a hall of famer. So. <laughs> yeah, hall of famer. Who
0: farted face? Uh, Zach yeah. Hoffman, uh our sports director, joining us right now. Uh, Zach, and so I was reading your fantastic, just awesome article, MadCitySportsOne uh, talking about all oh, it's I listen. I, this is like my Bible when you put stuff out, Zach. I just, I just <clears> eat <throat> it up. Uh, it's your sermon that I love. Paul Chris appears to be, in your words, taking a more hands off approach to off, the offense man. at least at practice. What's going on? Is Bobby Ingram really getting his feet wet. So uh, maybe I'm just paid more attention to it because
5: it is a new offensive Uh You know, this is the first real significant change to uh, the the top of the leadership on, on offense with Bobby Ingram coming out or coming in, and, and Joe Rudolph going out. So I was just I've been watching Paul, and, and essentially Bobby Ingram and, and the assistants have been handling everything, play calling, especially in the team portion of drills where it's either seven on seven or, or eleven on eleven, and it's it's pretty much all been Bobby Ingram yesterday. And I don't think I've ever seen this before during seven on seven, which is, you know, Paul Chris passing game, all that stuff. Like you figure he'd be there overseeing it. Um, He was, he was over talking with the uh, with his police uh, escort, the the escort that that takes that goes on road games with him. Like he was over there talking to them during that portion. I I've never seen that before. Um, I don't think it means anything. Should mean anything, but what does it mean? He uh, he did. I mean, he did. Uh, during the 11-on-11 portion to stand off to the side, watch, follow along in his play call sheet. Uh, I don't think he liked what he saw because he got after their butts after the practice. Was he, called he called the police the on him? No, he called the entire team up and oh. was, like, very animated in ways. We couldn't hear what he was saying. We were uh, not actually on the field, but uh, he was going after him. So You need one of those big directional
0: NFL sideline mics. That's what you need.
5: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly uh, if it's, this is a huge Transition from what he normally has done in the past. I haven't focused on him in the past, but uh, I certainly think he's allowing Bobby Ingram and his offensive assistants to handle uh, much of what's going on in practice. And you know, uh, we'll see if that if that continues. But uh, is anybody going to hate that he's taking a little bit more hands-off approach just to give other guys a chance to get their voices out there, especially with all the new assistants on that side of the ball? I don't. I don't think it's that big of a deal. and I don't know if it's a big, huge. Like, jump I'm more concerned what about, about what the police are doing. The police come in their I mean, the police <laughs> just in their the own. What do you say, I mean, they, they come in to watch practice all the time. No, I, was going
1: to, to I was going to ask you if you thought it was strange because when we think about Paul Christ and his time coming up with the Badgers as the OC, we always thought of him as like the quarterback guru or the really good offensive play caller. Do you find it a little strange or weird that some of these coaches, once they become head coaches, become a little bit more hands off when their specialty was working with quarterbacks or offensive play calling?
5: It's why the giving up the play calling to Joe Rudolph two years ago never made sense for me. Like, why would you? That's what you're known for. Like, they didn't. Is it, it, he's been a solid. Like, they've done a solid job as a head coach, recruiting wise, and that type of stuff. But he was a head coach at Pitt because of what he did in 2010, and 2011 with Wisconsin's offense, because of what they were able to do and put up 40 plus points a game. He's called, brought back to Wisconsin because of what he is as an offensive play caller. And if you're going to throw that stuff away, then and he obviously brings more to team than just that but like that's your biggest contribution as an assistant and i feel like it should be also be your biggest contribution as a head coach and um obviously switching back to that last year it didn't help the offense one bit but um <laughs> I, yes i do think it's weird and i and that's why you see some nfl coaches that take over as head coaches still calling plays I think Brandon staley still calls defensive signals for uh to, for uh los angeles you know like there are guys that will do that and, and hold on to those duties matt lafleur So, like, I think if you're a good play caller and that's what you were hired as a head coach to be and that's where you kind of made your name, that's what you should do as a head coach, too.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Matt LaFleur was the first one that uh, popped into my head just because, obviously, he's local with Green Bay, but it's like he was supposed to be the offensive play-calling guru, and then he came in and still called plays. I know Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers were also in the room, but let's be honest, he was the loudest voice when it came to calling plays.
5: Well, we know who the loudest voice was.
1: But. Yeah, it's the all-time greatest, Aaron Rodgers. Or, or even if you look at the defensive side of the ball, like Bill Belichick's, you know, supposedly known as the great defensive guru. Yeah, he's had D coordinators, but you know, his hands were all over those defenses. Yeah,
5: yeah, for sure. And Matt, and obviously Matt Lafleur has a huge, huge role in, in building the offense. But um, yes, hey. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick did not hire an offense or defense coordinator this year. Apparently. So stoked by the success of Paul Christ had to not have an office coordinator last year that he wanted to try it out himself.
1: <laughs> I love it. He didn't think about punting though, right? <laughs> punting at, at the plus oh, 35. I try to forget about that. And not against Minnesota Vikings. Don't, <sighs> oof. Hey, oof. Well,
0: well, you guys brought up a good name, you know, I, I got his poster hanging on my ceiling, uh, Aaron Rodgers. But when it comes to uh, the Twitter poll we have going on today, and thanks for uh, retweeting it on your uh, insanely success, highly
1: successful. Can I say one thing? Twitter account is strange it's on your ceiling, not the wall. No, there's one on the wall. Too. No, it's
5: it's on the ceiling for a reason.
1: There's there's ceiling. <laughs> so all... It's
5: it's so while well, he's having relations, he can. Look up, Aaron. look up and, and see greatness. And
0: yeah. Yeah. Zach, Zach you get like, it. Yep. Zach understands. He understands my mind. All right, Zach. Mm. And my, my ins and outs are there. Zach, when it comes to <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers, God, he's handsome. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, uh, thank you again for retweeting that, uh, that poll we have. I actually took it from w a y y Dan Casper in Eau Claire. And I said, well, he had Grant Mertz on his. I took that off. Who has more pressure? Who has more pressure for this upcoming season? Christian Yelich for the Brew Crew or Aaron Rodgers for the Packers? What a horrible
5: question! Um, <laughs> huh? Excuse me? No, not no, not the question. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, uh, you're choices. excused, Mister. No, no, the choices for the place you took it from. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going to leave Graham Mertz off of this.
5: Yeah, there's yeah. We're we're. Was it also Christian Yelich and Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Okay. Um, who do I think has more pressure? uh I, hmm. aaron Rodgers. that's what aaron i said Rodgers. because he's at the end of his i mean he's he's getting towards the end of it and he's got what he's been kind of a disaster in the playoffs the last two years like when you well i mean you can go back three years too he wasn't great against san francisco in the championship game three years ago but i mean I, I, there's there's certainly more pressure on him because he invites more pressure on himself I, hmm. christian yelich for the most part does not I mean, Christian Yelich is not a controversial figure in any stretch whatsoever.
0: Well, that money so he he's getting is controversial now. The money is, but like people don't hate him; they don't like because of what he said. Yeah. Like, I, I don't. I don't have a poster of Christian Yelich on my ceiling, so that,
5: that has you know, like that has nothing to do with, with baseball whatsoever. Like he's not going out there and, and uh, you know saying the things he does. And again, Rogers can say whatever he wants, and people can have whatever opinions they want of him but he brings that invites more pressure on you. Um, and so I think that there is more pressure for Aaron Rodgers to win a, a Super Bowl. You've been in an NFC championship game, uh, you know, two of the last three years, you kind of bombed out in the wild card round it's called title year. town,
0: title town, Zach, not they, make the playoffs all, town for Milwaukee Brewers. They are,
5: they are all in right. Yeah. Uh, with what they've been doing with the with the Saturday cap, especially Aaron Rodgers contract. Like there are, there's a lot of pressure on him and um, he has more control over whether they have success than Christian Yelich has or, whether he has control of the Brewers' success. So I, it's Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's close, but I, I see the poll uh, is not necessarily favoring that
1: right now. Do you think Aaron Rodgers does those things, manipulates the media, and maybe yeah, has he- people coming at him because he's more of, since we're going to use the last dance like they did last year, uh, he's more of the Michael Jordan mindset where he needs a chip he needs kind of that little bit of an edge where Christian Yelich has always been more of the quiet, soft spoken Scottie Pippen type. Except for I guess Scottie Pippen talks a lot more. Scotty talks I was a was lot. No.
5: Scotty Pippen's a moron, so I kinda think that Aaron Rodgers more no, I'm just kidding. Um it's called I think uh, I think right now like Scottie Pippen talks a lot more and is a lot more controversial than, than Michael Jordan is. But in terms, the court, of in, the 90s. in terms of yeah, yeah, in terms of having <laughs> in terms of having the, the chip on his shoulder, Aaron Rodgers does feel like he needs it, but he also I think for a long stretches of his career kind of felt like he wanted to be liked. He, you know, there were, there were points of it where he wanted to be liked. He Didn't want to, sh- you know, share a lot of his private or you know, uh, his it, what he was in private. Like that's that was kind of his thing. And and now I think he's just like I don't give a crap what people think about me, and I'm just going to come out and be myself.
0: So what you're saying and, is uh, Rogers that, initially didn't want to say I have a poster of Ebo hanging above my bed, but now yes, he will yes. proudly say he does.
5: Yes and yeah. now and now he's more than like willing it. to talk about his feelings uh and and thoughts and everything like that including Having multiple posters of Evo, in addition to a mirror, of course. Yeah, real recognizes real. You got to have the mirrors. Wall, a wall to wall mirrors everywhere to see him. Zach,
1: you, you, um, the mirrors are a necessity. The, the I'm, chef, I'm of kind course. of putting two and two together and connecting some dots here. Maybe that's why the engagement was broke off. Was the posters?
5: Because of me? Yeah, that's probably true. I'll take. Did it. You get a ring Evo or no?
0: Ah, uh, I was going to say something, let mm. it stop myself. No, no, I did mm. not, Zach. I almost said something I shouldn't have. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> you know I love me some Aaron Rodgers. All right, so yes. Zach and you—we're in agreement. I also said Rodgers. Rowdy uh, was gung steadfast on Christian Yelich. I'm like, because yeah, he hates Christian Yelich. Rowdy, is that That's true? true? That's well, not
1: true. I have true. his jersey. It just doesn't get worn as much lately. Yeah, is he, isn't
0: he on Mount Notice? He is. Yeah, well, but Zach. Okay. Mount oh, Notice you. is not a hatred. It's a hey, we notice you're slipping. We want you to do better.
5: Well, he's been if if uh, that's the thing, he'd be at the bottom of the mountain. He's been flipping for a couple years now. I mean, like he'd be. You should put his head at like the bottom of Mount Notice at this
1: point. No, it's official now. This he could get off of Mount Notice the bad way by continuing to suck because (laughs) this is it. This is year three. Three strikes, you're out in baseball. You're making twenty six mil this year. Do
5: you think he does?
1: I'm very torn. I I I don't ever think we're gonna see eighteen or nineteen version of Christian Yelich. I think uh, we'll. We'll hope that he gets back to the borderline all-star, Christian Yelich.
5: Borderline all-star? That's what he was oh, in okay. Miami. Gotcha. All
0: right. Zach, you are always our all-star. Mm. I'm going to put a post-review up on my ceiling now, too. That's how good Please you, you did today. That's how good you did today, Zach. Please don't. Gold star in the fridge for you, buddy. <laughs> the Spurred, when I saw our guy J.A. Krebs tweet this at me, he says, Brewers will be fine. They're used to having whole seasons without their best hitter. You know, like Yelly. Huh. <laughs> So my question, or I, I got this from Dan Casper. I thought it was actually a good thought process here. He had three entities. I'm going to take Graham Mertz out of it because Mertz is a college athlete. I'm going to go with. Wow, you're taking
4: it easy on the kids. Nah. Well, he's, this. He's uh, not a kid anymore. A little bit here.
0: I'm going to nah. go just with the uh, the older cats.
4: Talk about low T. <laughs> the, guys,
0: the guys that get paid money and their merchandise actually sells, unlike Graham Mertz. Sorry, Graham. See, he's out, he's see that was a joke. Was that he's taking out, it easy? I didn't take it easy. He's out, 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 out there, there. trying. Yeah. Who has more pressure on them this coming year? Graham Mertz. We're taking him out. I think, well, whoever... Other. Unless he's he's got an intern or or an unpaid intern for his uh, merchandise, then I think the pressure's on that person to sell some gear. No. Aaron Rodgers or Christian Yelich? Who has more pressure on them to perform this coming year? Because Christian Yelich needs to get back to that MVP form. Well, Aaron Rodgers is an MVP back-to-back, but everyone... Not everyone, but a lot of people have turned on him
4: and say we want to be done with him, you can't win us the big game, the Super Bowl. It's because he's talking about puking in a bucket while pooping in a toilet.
0: It's therapeutic, RJ. <laughs> That's how he got to be an MVP level. It's pretty
1: pretty freaking easy to me. It's Christian Yelich. It's not Rodgers. Yeah. It's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers coming off of back to back MVPs. He's now a four time MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. He's pretty much validated over the last what, ten? 13, somewhere between 10 to 13, 15 years. He's a top five quarterback in the
4: NFL. Yeah, he's all right.
1: Now, has he had a few mishaps in the playoffs? Yeah, I can point at him a couple times. A lot of times the defense was God awful. The special teams found ways to win. Or a combination of what the hell's going on out there, to quote Vince Lombardi. What
0: the hell's going on out there? But uh, for but the Twitter poll, though, that he had, Aaron Rodgers won in the landslide th- with more pressure.
1: I, th- I think this is clear as day, Christian Yelich. Where the oh. hell is Christian Yelich <laughs> Ben, I'm going to put it out of the Twitter sphere. I'm taking your poll, Dan
4: Casper. Don't forget to credit him, though. No.
0: Merch is off of no. it.
1: Sorry, I tweaked it. Wow. It's like
0: we were well, Yankovic something. You just okay. tweaked it a little bit.
1: Look at look at what Christian Yelich was doing. When he was playing outfield for the Miami Marlins, yeah. he was a gold glove outfielder. Correct. And like that borderline, not quite an all-star player. And a that silver was, slugger. That was young in his career. And he hit for a high average, was kind of like in that 10 to 20 home run range. Yep. Then... When he gets traded to the Brewers in 2018, he starts to kind of hit his physical prime. He's he's starting to fill out as a mature male adult. Yep. He goes to a more hitter-friendly park mm-hmm. as a left-hander. Yep. And he starts to hit just gobs of home runs as he was just in the swing of well, things. And his average was higher than it had ever been in Miami. And the outfield play in 2018 and 19 was okay. Yep. And now I get Miller Park isn't necessarily the basic kind of standard outfield like Miami is, but Miami's a lot larger. Miller Park's got kind of the weirder angles and Mm -hmm. whatever. But his defense, as each year, year has gotten just worse and worse. And it it shows you statistically his war in the outfield has gotten worse. And that's on top of not being able to hit the ball the last two years.
4: Yeah. Okay. So he's
1: playing in the same park and he's still in his prime. And now all of a sudden the fact that his contract, he he kicked in because he signed that really team friendly deal Uh right after the 2019 season before, you know, no one knew that he was going to come back and suck complete ass for two years because of potentially the kneecap. What? What? People blame the kneecap. People pl- blame the fact that uh, he had a bad back. People blame the fact that he was stealing COVID. signs. People asked if he was taking PEDs. Those were all four rumors that were so floating for, you're around. You're roughly
4: 40 points below your average the last, last year. And ninety points below your and average the, year before. Okay,
0: so the Brewers though were able to win and get to the playoffs without Christian Yelich last year.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what I was just gonna say. It's because the Brewers pitching was so freaking good last year, it carried the team. They didn't have to be that great offensively. Yeah. You so, go and look at where they were in twenty twenty. The pitching wasn't as good as what you got in twenty twenty one, but it wasn't bad. Hey, one the of the fact was teams your to your have a losing offense, record into
4: the playoffs. You had, your <laughs> offense
1: got a little bit better because you went from four runs a game to 4.5 and that made a huge difference and then with the pitching being the way it was your bullpens continually being solid when you have the best reliever in baseball it's just when you have a Christian Yelich and he plays at an 18 or 19 level you could be a World Series favorite. So
0: I have the Twitter pull out right now. Who is under more pressure for their upcoming seasons? Christian Yelich or Aaron Rodgers? I could, I will make the case for Aaron Rodgers in this. I'm not saying it's. I'll play devil's advocate, to Rowdy's Christian Yelich and your Christian Yelich, R.J. So I can make the case for Aaron Rodgers here. But Yelich needs to step up. His big contract coming in effect this season. All right, Rowdy, uh, you. I have the Twitter pull out. Who is under more pressure for their season upcoming? Christian Yelich or Aaron Rodgers. Now, you went on a nice little tirade about how it's Yelly. Well, let me just say why I can make the case for Aaron Rodgers. Your expectations for the Milwaukee Brewers every year is still just to make the playoffs. I don't think people are thinking... No, no, no. Well, hang on. For the entirety of the franchise, it would be just to make the playoffs for the longest stretch. And now there's a little more to that. I understand that when the division, you know, maybe get to a World Series with this pitching staff that you have. But the t- expectations... For the Green Bay Packers, ever since the birth of the Packers, has been winning the championship, win the Super Bowl now. Aaron Rodgers, what has been chasing him for almost his whole career since, I guess, 2010-2011 season, getting back to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. People have turned on Aaron Rodgers. They're mad that Rodgers broke the conditioning. Uh, he's, a, he's got red blood flowing through him, Rowdy. His heart beats. And they want to crucify him because they don't see Rodgers living the same life they do, so they want to be mad that he didn't get the jab. So And then there's this with Rodgers, that he's a choke artist now in the playoffs. You saw what happened in the Niners game. People want to vilify him. Ready to move on. We're sick of him. We want Jordan Love. We want something new. Rodgers is a prima donna. He's taking all this money. We hate him. I love Aaron Rodgers. I want to see him succeed. But I think for Aaron Rodgers with the expectations of the Green Bay Packers of being title town, winning the Super Bowl, held the trophies named after Vince Lombardi, the Vince Lombardi trophy. Come on. I, I can make the case that Aaron Rodgers has more pressure this season after taking that deal, and a lot of people want to vilify him too for Devontae Adams leaving, even though that's not even true, and Rodgers is the one with more pressure on his shoulders to bring back a championship to Title town.
1: Let not me ask make you the a question. Town. Let me ask you a question. Yes. I'm listening. At the end of Aaron Rodgers' career, whether he wins another Super Bowl or Green Bay Packers for the next three years win 10 to 13 games, casually make the playoffs every single season and wins the division easily for the next foreseeable future while he's under quarterback, mm-hmm. but they don't win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Does that change your opinion of Aaron Rodgers that he was a top five quarterback of all time? Me personally,
0: no. I love Aaron Rodgers. He'll never not be a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the top five, but I think that adds to the pressure of Aaron Rodgers this season of winning a Super Bowl because he is a
1: Hall of Famer. If Christian Yelich sucks ass for the next five seasons, (laughs) he will not be a Hall of Famer. I I think at best right now, if he continued to be the 2018-2019 version of himself for like the next... We'll say at least four more seasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could start to think about it, but he is not an all timer. He he had two great seasons with the Milwaukee Brewers. Yep, and he signed a huge pe- contract, got a huge payday. He's got to live up to no, it. No, he totally does. Once once he if he continues this tailspin that he's been in, he's going to be a laughing stock. He's going to be a joke. He's a, he isn't going down as a top five anything. Maybe top five bad contracts in Brewers history. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he's got pressure. Don't
0: get me wrong. Like He's got pressure. Aaron Rodgers has pressure, too. The question is, who's got more pressure for their upcoming season? We'll have Jocko on momentarily. Now, I do side with the Christian Yellow side of things. But to play devil's advocate for Aaron Rodgers, you reside in something called Titletown. The Super Bowl trophy is named after Vince Lombardi, your all-timer besides, you know, all-time Mike McCarthy, by the way. And then, Rowdy, when you look at it, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback, therefore adding to the pressure of all these people want to vilify him now and turn their back on him and for some reason move on for a guy that gives you your best shot at yeah, the Yeah, but Bowl.
1: Aaron Rodgers can say, think about me whatever you like. I, you're an idiot. <laughs> I could retire tomorrow so, and still, still throw a football over those effing mountains. Yep. Just playing little devil's advocate for Aaron Rodgers. We we have we have listeners that are tweeting at Christian Yelich <laughs> telling them that he hasn't shown up in 2 years. Yeah. Telling them that the real funny part is that he hasn't been hanging out with the Brewers since 2019. You only have people tweeting or I guess Instagram commenting, Facebook commenting at Aaron Rodgers. About dislike for his opinions. Man. Not about his play on the field. I can't believe... That, he, that's what they use as a I can't masking. you didn't get a shot. They, they use his play on the field against San Francisco as a masking agent for that.
0: I know I can still get and transmit COVID even though I'm vaccinated. I can't believe you didn't get a shot. <laughs>
1: that's why they hate him. Who cares? It's those same people that were criticizing Rodgers... There's always the faction of people that were the Rob Reichels that have been criticizing (laughs) Rodgers and his performances forever. But the bigger faction that has all of a sudden popped up in the last year have just come at him using the playoff performance as an excuse. Literally this year.